Back here on Sports Call, SEC Media Days 2023 from Nashville, Tennessee. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry with me here today. And now we're pleased to be joined by the Commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Commissioner Greg Sankey. Uh, Commissioner, it's always great to be with you here uh, at SEC Media Days. When I, when I think about this week for you, I think about the busy schedules that you keep. Is this kind of a reprieve from your busy schedule is this would you define this as one of the busier weeks for you one of the the lighter weeks what is this look no, like it's for you? a busy week and in fact the week leading in even if i'm away is a busy week because i'm trying to to i'm working on my remarks and my my monday remarks you know you're going to be on tv you're going to be in a room full of people that can ask you questions about what you say and, and that takes a lot of time so it is a busy few weeks in the summer, um, and you know, these days go from about 7 a.m. to about 11 p.m. Uh, that's so far, what are we on Wednesday? So Monday, Tuesday, I've hit that mark both days, and it looks like it'll happen again. Yeah, okay, so I can imagine, again, long long days for sure. Let's talk about some of these big topics that are dominating college football in the conference. Let's start with NIL. Obviously, that's something that every conference is dealing with and, and big uh, discussions about it. I want to ask a question that I don't really haven't heard much about, and that is the timeline of all this. And I know you can't really put a firm timeline on something that, that's still having to be planned and, and, and a lot of meetings about, but what in your mind would be an ideal timeline for, for trying to come up with legislation either at the national level or uh, just m maybe more aligned on the local levels? Just what would be a timeline for that? Well, the reality is there are going to be competing timelines, so there's not one particular timeline. And the way I describe the work is there are five fields of play involved. One is Congress, and I talked uh, on, on Monday in my opening remarks about the need for Congress to provide national standards, national consistency, and that given the variety of issues, uh, that's a role that only Congress can play. Congress gets to decide that timeline. So I can set meetings, I can go engage in conversation, uh, but the, the, the committee process, the legislative process, um, is, is a timeline that can change until you're at the very end. Uh, the second is we have litigation involving these issues. Um, that that timeline set by the courts. There are things that happen in 23. There's work that going on right now for um, preparation and positioning. You then have states. And we're generally outside of legislative sessions, but uh, a state can call a special, legisl special legislative session, and then you have a whole different timeline put upon you. The, the two other fields of play are, are the NCA and the conference. And so the conference um, has had conversations really dating back to last May, May of 22, more specifically in March of 23 about should we set our own standards and then work with our states to conform state laws to those standards. Uh, we'll meet again through the late summer and fall. Uh, I, I don't know that I could put a particular timeline. Everybody will point to Destin. We could act sooner if there was an interest and the ability to pursue that solution. And then the NCA has sent out recently a memo trying to provide guidance. Uh, the NCA Board of Directors meets uh, typically in early August, and I know we'll have an agenda item related to name, image, and likeness policies. And so that's an entirely separate timeline. Uh, you combine that, and you'd like to have a, a common approach defined uh, sooner rather than later. 
Uh, but just the, the complexities of dealing with those five fields of play limits the ability to say we're going to have this done by November. And, and that's the reality we have to deal with. But the responsibility is we have to work on each of those five fields of play every day. Commissioner, you mentioned in your opening remarks that you want to regulate NIL without limiting the opportunities for these kids. In your words, what is the difference between regulation and limitation? Well, right now, if you're um, engaged in NIL activity, um, you have no idea what standards the representative who may be matching you up has to meet. Uh, so you may have an opportunity, it seems, in that moment, but you could be committing yourself to a contract that extends well beyond the time of your athletics participation. And what may seem like a lot of money for a three-star recruit coming out of high school, if they've committed well beyond their athletics experience and they're an NBA or an NFL draft pick or a Major League Baseball draft pick who develops or a WNBA draft pick, it may seem like a really bad deal. And you've actually seen some reference to those sorts of deals with, with players over the past few years, even outside of the name. So I would say, first of all, some kind of structure that provides protection from the participant or for the participant, that being a student athlete. So that's one. The second is uh, there, there's no standards around the agreements that are signed. Um, there's no standards amount, around the amount of money that an NIL rep or agent can take from a student athlete. Um, in the professional realm, there are a certain set of standards. Uh, I think those would help young people. That doesn't limit their ability. Uh, I, I do think it's it's necessary to define name, image, and likeness activity rather than just allowing inducements and, and external pay-for-play where there's no real name, image, and likeness activity. So as, as I've understood and as NIL was originally introduced, it is a person representing a business for business purposes. It's a transaction that's economically justifiable for, for the business and worth the individual's time. Uh, that's very different than, than overpaying for charitable uh, appearances that aren't market-based. And, and that's not about taking away opportunities. That's just about defining a system that was at least at some point understood to exist and has gone well outside those boundaries because of the lack of oversight provided by states that have enacted state laws to facilitate name, image, and likeness activity. Commissioner, we, we talked to John McDade yesterday, uh, and you know, you, there's a couple new new rules coming into play this year for for the SEC and college football. What went into specifically the decision to you know take take the the I don't want to say a free timeout, but the clock stopping after the first down. What type of conversations were had with going into that decision? Uh, we've spent in the SEC a few years talking about. Not just the length of games, but the, the continuity within a game. We've accepted you're going to have TV advertising. We've created, actually with some folks in Auburn, our, our TV timeout clocks with people, you know, oh, that's another 10-minute set of ads. No, it's about two and a half minutes, and we can all tolerate that. Um, we've seen changes in the game. So college football historically was a running game. Now, that's old history, and the rules are based on a running game. In fact, if you go back and read about the onset of the passing game in the late 1800s, really early 1900s, the rules did not facilitate passing. We still deal with some of that legacy. And as passing increases and incomplete passes are more part of the game, and that clock 
stoppage occurs, what are adjustments that can be made to keep the flow of the game and to normalize the experience? So I don't think we're concerned about a game that's 315, 320 in length. People come to attend. Our games are compelling on TV. But when that game migrates up to, you know, north of 200 plays and you're four-plus hours and it's still a regulation game, uh, part of the motivation is to normalize, not to have such a spread in the variance of the, of the, the length of games and number of plays. People can still hurry up, um, but though these tweaks will take a few plays out of the game. They'll keep the game moving, um, and as part of an effort to continue to monitor both duration of the game, overall length, having that more consistent, the number of plays, and then having continuity of play throughout the, the time of the game. Lastly, Commissioner, we just want to finish with this. Obviously, the spring meetings in Destin uh, came and went with, with no permanent model for eight versus nine games. What are the types of things that, that teams and, and schools are, are worried about when trying to uh, uh, land on which side of the fence between eight and nine games? Well, people at the schools could, could speak to that. I think generally the issues we've looked at are, you know, at a really backroom-based level, how do you break ties with the single division format? And the single division formats based around balance and equity so that we have a, a schedule balance where people are rotating through and then competitive equity, which if you look at the strength of schedule disparity in our announced 24 season, it's a much more narrow bandwidth than existed in the east-west divisional format. Um, the college football playoff is changing and is going to change, and so there's interest in thinking through, and we've done predictive analytics on if you play eight or nine games um, relative to our strength of schedule, what might that may mean? Really incremental access differentials between eight or nine games. What does it mean for bowl eligibility? So across all 16 of our programs, we have those who are very much focused on earning that sixth total win and having regular access to bowl games. Uh, that's part of it. Uh, working with our TV partner is a piece of it. Honoring long-standing rivalries or real key games of passion is important. And at Auburn, you have uh, the Iron Bowl and you have the, the game with Georgia that are really important rivalries. But there are others that have existed across the league. Um, and some that have been disrupted. The question, will those be played annually or on a, a, a biannual basis every other year? That's really front and center. Uh, the number of, of those annual games would vary. It's one if we play eight, or potentially three if we play nine games. Um, and then being attentive to what others are doing. Those are just some of the factors and a lot of the factors that are involved in the conversation. Commissioner Sankey, we certainly appreciate the time today. We look forward to seeing you on the Plains at some point this fall. And, again, good luck with the rest of the media days and all the vast issues here in, in college sports right now. Well, thank you for being part of it. It's uh, unique and a unique opportunity to be in Nashville, and we appreciate the interest in conversation. That is Commissioner Greg Sankey, Commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, with us today on Sports Call.